Hello and welcome to the Fully Free Podcast with your host, Taylor Lee. This is the podcast to get raw and real about running an online business, living life as an entrepreneur, and figuring it all out as you go. After creating seven figures in my first three years as a coach and doing what I love every single day, I truly believe that you deserve the money, joy, and life of your dreams. I hope to inspire you with weekly episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hey, you guys, this interview is so good. You are in for a special treat. So excited to introduce you to Viola Hug. She is an intuitive coach, mentor, author, podcaster, and the creator of the Abundant Babes brand. She coaches women on business, wealth, spirituality, and mindset, and how those things utilized together allow you to have it all in life, which is exactly what she's created. Her and her husband traveled the world for two years as digital nomads. And while they did that, she grew her multiple six-figure business online, running her online programs and masterminds um, and one-on-one clients. She also hosts her own podcast called The Abundant Babes Podcast and is the author of an Amazon bestseller book called You Are an Abundant Babe. Enough said, you guys. Let's just dive into this interview. I have no doubt that you're going to love it. All right. Welcome, Viola. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Amazing. So we were in a mastermind together for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm so excited to have you here because I know how incredible you are in your business and how much you lead yourself. And I know a little bit about, you know, um, what you've been going through and your business lately and your pregnancy, but I really Mm -hmm. want to hear personally about your story. I feel like I want to get to know you better and hear like, obviously now I think everyone knows you've just done some incredible things in your business, but like, where did this all begin? Like wherever you want to start, back us up a little bit. Like who were you before this? What was this journey like? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, I think for many of us that are entrepreneurs, we have this kind of like, we can relate to this sense of like always having this feeling kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I had that when I was really young and I can't say that it was ever fully squashed out of me, but it was like, I never really did things to put myself in a position that would allow that to really take hold. You know, like when I was in my late teens, I came across like, um, network marketing, but I was just kind of like too lazy to be honest <laughs> to do anything. Um, I and that. I, <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I had the vision and I think like I was, you know, I operated a lot out of having never done personal development before. So at that point it was just kind of like, eh, like I'm the story I told myself was, um, I would do it when I was older because people would take me serious, which that's one of the things I love about your story because obviously you dealt with that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was like 21, I still thought the exact same thing. <laughs> So it didn't really make much of a difference. Yeah. But I, I mean, I had this like drive, but I, it was like, almost like I was just reacting to life for so much of my life, you know? And then my boyfriend at the time, like my ex-boyfriend now, but he wanted to go to university. So I was like, I'll go to university. And then I was like, what should I study? Uh, well, this looks good. You know, like it was kind of just very reactive. And it wasn't until I was getting to the end of my degree, which I did a bachelor of science in nutrition, which I'm grateful I did that because that's still something that I, I'm really interested in. And for me, I mean, we won't, I mean, unless you want to, but we won't really (laughs) probably dive too far into this part of the story. But um, when I was 16, my dad passed away of cancer, which is actually like a huge part of the reason that I even had a passion, I believe. And now a huge part of my passion is filled with this idea that really making the most of the life we have and um, then when I studied nutrition, I felt really connected to that because it, it helped me kind of like understand how we play a role in our health outcomes and, and the way that we get to feel as we live a life that we really love, you know? So those are kind of important pillars for me. 
Um, but I was getting to the end of my degree and everyone's going, what job are you going to get? And I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. I do not want a job. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept saying like, I don't know, maybe, you know, like I'll become a nutritionist for like celebrities and travel around the world, like <laughs> giving nutrition advice to celebrities and do like in-home overhauls and different things like that. And everyone is like, are you insane, Viola? Like, <laughs> do you live on planet earth? Like, how do you think you're going to get that job? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. We always work with celebrities. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because when I thought about it, the only thing that lit me up is getting paid a lot for what I do, not like getting paid like minimum government pays, which is what nutritionists get, mm-hmm. like, and, and being able to still travel and still have freedom and work with the clients that I wanted to, like, now I understand that better. But at the time, it was kind of just this visual in my head of like, liking who I worked with still having the luxury of getting paid really well. And in that frame of mind, I was like, well, celebrities could pay well. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I work with celebrities. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then I, yeah, finished my degree. I tried getting a nutritionist job just because, you know, I still needed to make an income. Um, and I got rejected for all of them because they only wanted nutritionists who had five years experience which was cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great thing to hear after you've done a degree for four years. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> but, and then, um, and so then I ended up working in retail because that was the only option that I really felt like I had at the time. And I'm working in retail. I come across this network marketing opportunity again, and I'm like, that's it. I'm becoming an entrepreneur. And I literally quit my retail job and started my own, my network marketing business. <laughs> I love that. And I want to like pause right here really yeah. quick because I have this post that I wrote so long ago that I always kind Mm -hmm. of bring back and it's all about, um, people wondering if they're crazy. And I kind of say something like, you know, if you're wondering if you're crazy, good, because you kind of have to be to like, you know, go into this world. And I just, I'm laughing at, you know, your, the desires you had at the time, like make a lot of money, Mm -hmm. be able to travel, have freedom, Mm -hmm. maybe work with celebrities or cool people that have a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Like, I felt I felt like it, and it was also, I wanted to do something meaningful. And to me, that was so meaningful at the time as well, because of what shifting your health would look like, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's, it's all these things that are so crazy. And I'm sure you got a lot of feedback on that at the time, but I saw the same thing. Our stories are similar in terms of like, when I was about to graduate, I was like, I don't want to get a real job. Like, no, Um, (laughs) but Yeah. And the thing is, is I didn't, and I luckily, luckily found the freelance world and was able to keep working in that, but almost pretty much every friend I had that I graduated or every person I know closely, like Mm -hmm. almost all of them went into retail after Mm -hmm. graduating. And I graduated, um, with journalism and advertising and you, cause the entry level jobs in that field, like suck. Yeah. It's basically mm-hmm. like an internship. Like it's pretty yeah. So it's the system doesn't work. So maybe being crazy isn't that wrong is my point here. <laughs> oh no. I think it's and and like I have like a couple things to say. Firstly about the job thing. What was so crazy is like one of the nutrition jobs I applied for, which is the one that I really wanted to work for because it felt more meaningful. Um, they um were like, oh, you know, it'd be great if you had a few more years experience. So what we would offer you is you could volunteer for us for the year and we can reassess. And I was like, um yeah. fuck off. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. I was like, just can't afford that, especially after going into debt for I was like, oh yeah, like seat. do you want to pay for my bills? Like and what's going what's gonna happen? Like I'm confused. I don't know what you expect right now. But then when I applied for the retail job, my salary at that job was more than I was that I would have got if I had gotten that nutrition job. And I was like, this is not right. <laughs> this is so not right but yeah and then and then in terms of this like being crazy thing I think the reason why we feel that way a lot of the times is because we have to understand that the majority of us and even the minority still have this in particular areas of their life are raised based on majority beliefs right we're raised to believe a specific thing about money which it's a taboo subject we're raised to believe a particular thing about opportunity which is it's scarce and if you get a job you're lucky you know and hold on to it and that's a lot of the post-war stuff as well that came through and we're raised to believe that um only a few get lucky, right? Like 
we're raised to believe these kinds of things by people and by generations of people who never really understood that we could choose to look at the world a different way and that we could create a different reality if we wanted to. Right. It's not like people teach us these things because they're like malicious and they don't want us to live a dream life. It's because they never knew that there could be anything different for them. So that's what they believe. I love that. And I, I, one thing I tell my clients a lot and I remember myself is it's because when we start doing that work, like a lot of this stuff comes from our parents, right. Who love and took care of us and did a lot of sacrifices for us. So we feel bad thinking like, Oh, my mom passed that down to me. My dad passed that down to me. And it feels really negative, but I love what you said. They were doing the best they could and that's all they knew. Um, so how crazy would it be that we know something else and we don't give it a shot? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, and it feels crazy because we're going against what the majority of people are doing. It's actually, it feels counterintuitive to, well, it, it's, it feels intuitively, right? But it feels like counterintuitive to what we've been taught. So it's like when we're doing something so different, it feels crazy because it feels like nobody's doing it. But the truth is, is that like when you start listening to entrepreneurial stories, it's like we all thought that, <laughs> you know, we all thought we were the only one. We all thought that we all had the same fears. We all had the same pull and we all had the same courage, right? Like that's what it comes down to. It's so true. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm glad we talked about this. Cause I know this is where everyone starts. <laughs> just like you yeah. just said, it's where everyone starts. So yeah. then you went into the network marketing. Tell us a yeah. little bit, take it from there. So the next five years of my life, this was, this was back in 2012. Um, the next five years of my life looked like my, what I refer to now as my struggling entrepreneur years <laughs> where I had the vision and I really had like a dream. And I like, although I say I was struggling, like, let me be very clear. I was positive the entire time I was, I felt purpose the entire time because I knew I was working on something that would create a life for me that I wanted. I was doing personal development. So I was learning so much and shifting in so many amazing ways. Um, but it was like everything that I tried felt hard, Mm. (laughs) you know, and I understand it now that it was because I was working very much against how I best work. And I was very, and I learned a lot of um, beliefs about business, which I have seen to be not true for modern business now. And, you know, so there's a lot of unlearning that had to be done, but, um, basically in the first year of my network marketing business, like I killed it. Like I, we like went to the top ranks, like we were in New Zealand and New Zealand was like, who are these young people? And suddenly they're like flying us places to speak at places. Cause we're just like coming out of nowhere, just like building this amazing team and business. And, um, I think network marketing was also very, very different in 2012 than it was in 2013, even in 15 and 20, you know, like there's been a huge shift in how the industry works and what people thought was acceptable to do back then versus what people think is acceptable now, you know, like cold messaging people back then wasn't as big of a deal because not that many people did it. (laughs) Now it's just like, people don't really do that as much anymore. Um, but so I, I liked it so well the first year and mind you, because I was doing so well, purely out of hustle, um, I didn't necessarily do a lot of internal work. And at that point, like success to me was all about external validation. And I, again, I only saw this in hindsight, but it was like, I desired the success so much. I desired this life that I had so much. I desired to be respected by my peers because I'd always felt like an outsider, you know, like I'd always felt like I had something to prove. I always felt like people didn't get me and I was desiring and craving that people just respected me and looked up to me so much that I didn't even realize that everything that I was doing or like what I was really seeking and searching for was to fill those gaps within myself. And so I do really well this first year financially and I feel exhausted. Like I'm still happy and I'm still the vision's still in mind, work hard for three to five years and you'll, you know, yeah. <laughs> never have to worry another day in your life kind of thing. Um, but, uh, I still had that vision in mind, but I was so exhausted and I was like, everything was like, I had to work for it. Like I had to put in the hustle. I was like getting up early. I was staying up late. I was working weekends. I was not taking days off. I didn't even know what self-care was. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, I can so relate. Like my yeah. first year, whew, my yeah. first couple of years were like that. My first five years were like that. Yeah. But the, the difference was the first year I made money. Yeah. Then suddenly we hit the second year and it was like everything started falling apart. And I know a huge part of this from my personal story was I needed to learn how to feel successful internally before I could ever feel it externally. And now I have a completely even different definition of what success is. Of course, I want all of the financial and lifestyle success, but it's success is really about, I think, how we feel about who we are in hindsight, you know, like that for sure resonates yeah, more now. I love, I would love to hear you talk more on that. Like, how did you get to that point? Because I mean, as soon as yeah. you said that, I like lit up because I feel like many people listening to this probably need to figure this out, whether they're yeah. at that point of doing great, but burnt out or mm-hmm. burnt out and not doing great. Yeah. <laughs> so I re- one of those categories, right? <laughs> Yeah. I feel like, um, what I've come to realize now is that we get to have what we want and we also get to do it in a way that feels good for us along the way. Like I used to believe that we could have what we wanted, but we had to sacrifice to get there. You know, like we had to sacrifice our time or we had to sacrifice our energy or we had to sacrifice our social life or whatever in order to have the things we wanted. But I really like, I, to my core now, I believe we live in a, in a have it all life, you know, like we do get to do it the way we want. We do get to have what we want along the way. And we do get to have the results that we want. Um, not to be confused with, we never have to be uncomfortable, but I think discomfort and sacrifice are two very different conversations. Like sacrifice is like, you know, not willing to sacrifice your joy or who you are. Um, getting uncomfortable is still pushing your limits. It's still like getting outside of your comfort zone. It's still doing things when they feel hard, even though, you know, ultimately they're in alignment for you. Right. So yeah, I think it's important to to differentiate. Um, but at the time, um, without realizing, and I don't think it has to take everyone this long at all, but for me, it took me about five years to figure this out. Um, (laughs) and so it was like, I think if you're like in business or, you know, you're starting out or whatever, and you're noticing that there's like parts of yourself where you're like trying to convince yourself that you should be doing it this way because this is the way that you have success. Or if you're feeling that you're like, um, hitting goals and they feel like, even though there's like a part of you that's like, yeah, I'm glad I did that. It almost feels like the first thought is like, yeah, but what next? Like, how can I keep the standard? How can I get better? This, yeah, I thought this was a really big deal, but now that I did it, actually so many other people have done it. So I need to do something even better. You know, like Mm -hmm. I, I don't like, I even had like a layer of this belief come through in my current business when I hit six figures for the first time. And I was like, Um, I almost like felt like uneasy about celebrating it because I'm like, is six figures even that big of a deal when literally my whole life aim up till that point was to make six figures in something, you know? It's so true. Once you get there, you're just on to the next thing. Yeah. And so, um, it's like, I think those are all signs that there's kind of like deeper internal work to be done. And for me, that internal work looked like one, I needed to, um, learn to respect my own intuition because I would put my intuition down a lot. Like I'd be like, I have this idea. And then, you know, someone would say to me like, Oh, that's cool. But why don't you try it this way first? And if it doesn't work, then you can maybe try your way, you know, but my intuition was actually always guiding me into like what felt better. It's just, I felt like I didn't have necessarily people in my life that would validate that for me. So I, and I was too scared to trust my own intuition. Um, learning to trust my intuition was one. My relationship with money was another huge one because I, I was so distant from true abundance. Like, again, it was all just about the number in your bank account. And if I didn't have money, I felt bad about myself. And if I had money, I felt good about myself, which was a major red flag. Yeah. So, uh, and abundance is a huge part of my story, you know, like I'm coming into the space internally of feeling abundant, which is a lot of inner work. It's a lot of just reframing your situation. It's a lot of facing your financial situation. Um, I love that. It's like, it's sounding like that people need to feel good (laughs) about themselves, about where they're going without needing it to be there first for validation. And this thing of validation is coming up a lot. Like you needed someone to validate your ideas for them to be good enough. Not just the fact that you just had this divine download, right? Like now we realize that that's what those are. Um, 
And how about, this is what I'm hearing too, that I just want to make clear for people listening. Like, um, you don't need to be crazy successful first before your ideas are good enough to take action on before you trust yourself. And also before you can feel worthy or good enough to have those things, you know, have the Mm. six figures, seven figures, whatever. Like it's so much internal work. Mm -hmm. I think it's because when we look at other people, we see like their end result. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we're just like, oh, that person, they have perfect photos and they have, um, you know, the perfect mindset and they respond to haters online so well and they're never bothered by anything and they make six figures. So that must be what I need to do before I can make six figures. When really the reason they make six figures is because they worked on becoming that person and then the six figures showed up. Um, Well, it took me a while to figure that out in the coaching industry, specifically with hiring coaches. Like I've hired a lot of coaches and I, I love having a coach, but for a long time, I, um, way too long, I hired coaches because it's like, Oh my God, she's doing amazing. She must know that thing that I don't know yet. Even when I had had, you know, worked with four different coaches, it's like, okay, but this one's doing great. Maybe they know what the other ones didn't tell me or like what didn't click or what mm-hmm. that didn't work for me. It works for them. Maybe this one has a thing that'll work for me. And it's just, it's like, no, now I know I'm hiring coaches because it's, I want to connect with their vibe, their energy, their way of thinking, believing, having someone that holds you to that higher standard. Yeah. Like, so much more about that internal stuff because that was like a slap in the face when I first hired a coach because I was like oh my god I'm gonna hire her and she's gonna tell me exactly how she made this money exactly how she launches exactly how she sells and then I'm gonna do the exact same thing and be just as successful and then I like get into the coaching relationship and she's like but how do you feel about it but what thoughts is this bringing up for you and I'm like what the shit like this isn't what we this is not how it's supposed to work and then I very quickly realized how transformative that was though. You know, it's just, I'd been so conditioned to believe that I needed to learn something to have what I want when really it was just about aligning, shifting, seeing things from a different perspective, trying again, you know, that's all it was about. I love it. Yeah. So, okay. Things are slowing down in the network marketing. Yeah. And I mean, you're still hustling like, yeah. Oh yeah. Hustling like crazy. So I was like hustling, 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 but at, at like probably in the, around the two year mark of the network marketing, I also started getting a lot of creative other ideas that I couldn't um, suppress. So I started doing things like I started public speaking, but the, here's the crazy thing is I never charged or anything because I was like, oh no, I can make my money through network marketing. I'll just do this because it's just like a side thing that I'm interested in. (laughs) And so I know. And when I look back now, I'm like, damn, I cut myself out of a lot of value. And I never even needed to go in such a deep financial hole if I just believed in my own value a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I mean. If I like charged for things, like I would, um, I would go out of pocket like $500 to run an event and not charge for it. I'd want it to be free. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) But, you know, like I would either run events that I would host for free or I would, um, you know, like I started making connections and people would ask me to speak at different things. And um, I started doing that kind of stuff. And then a friend and I collaborated and we did do a paid workshop, I think end of 2016 and start of 2017. I ran a couple of um, like full day kind of like retreats slash workshops, um, which were so fun. We way, way undercharged, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, but you know, it was always like in the back of my head, I was always like, I I have this thing with loyalty and I was like, you know, I committed, I would do this network marketing thing. So I can't really stop that. So everything else is just a side project until then, you know, until I make it super successful. Um, but the truth is I was getting really disconnected from the way the business worked. Um, I was being so called to do things that felt more my own. Um, and, um, yeah, so it was just kind of like this thing. And then 2017 was this massive year where suddenly it was like, things were changing, things were shifting, like financially things were even worse than ever before, but I'd been doing money work. So I wasn't feeling as bad anymore. Like I was still learning how to tap into internal uh, abundance, even though our financial situation outwardly was really shitty. Um, and then by the end of the year, I like was asking for a sign and like, and I was also really learning to tap into my intuition. So I was playing around with like spirituality and stuff. And I was like, show me a sign. Like, what is my next step? And literally like that day I see, um, like an intuitive 
coach. She's like, a, she, well, she was doing kind of business coaching as well. And she's a clairvoyant and she would like, I'm doing this program to help you tap into your purposeful business and like align your success or whatever. Like I can't even remember the terminology, but I was like, what the heck is this? And it started on my birthday. Oh, wow. I was like, this is a sign. <laughs> yeah. And so I asked my mom to buy it for me because I didn't have the money to. <laughs> I don't know how I like convinced my mom to do things for me, honestly, but I'm so grateful for her. That's amazing. And very reluctantly, she decided to buy me this course. It was only a couple hundred dollars, but still. Um, and in that course, she said to me, she's like, Viola, like you have so many awesome things to bring to the table. Like, have you ever thought of doing your own thing? And I was like, yeah, but that's more down the road. She's like, no, no, no. There's so many people who want to work with you right now. They just don't want to work with you in the way that you're offering to work with them. And I was like, huh. And I was like, maybe I should do coaching. <laughs> she's like, yes. So in December, 2017, I launched my coaching business and that was like stepping into a whole new world where suddenly, like, because it was the first thing that I really decided to hundred percent of my own and also actually own it, not just be like, oh yeah, I'm like doing this on the side. I was like, no, I'm doing this now. Yeah. And it sounds like it was also a time where you finally stopped saying, cause you just said that term yeah. again, like, I'll do it down the road. I'll do it when I'm older yeah. type of thing. Like, you finally just did it. <laughs> yeah. I, because the thing is like before then, like I was saying, I was like always seeking for some sort of external validation. But at this point I was so tired of doing things all for other people because that's, that was my strategy. I like, when I came up with marketing ideas, it was like, how can I please the most people? Which as mm -hmm. we know in business now is like the opposite of what you want to do. Mm -hmm. But that's like how I felt is like, you know, and even like to things like if I thought of like running an event, I would like fuss over the brand colors for ages because I didn't want it to be too girly or too boy or too um, spiritual or too this. Like it was always like, how can I find this like neutral place in the middle where everyone will find something, which in fact meant nobody found anything. <laughs> but um, like I, I had so much of that that I got to this point and I was like almost like fed up. I was like, I'm going to start this coaching business. I'm going to do everything my way and it's going to feel good. And I'm like, everything about how I designed this business is going to feel good to me. And I think that was like the most liberating thing I ever decided. <laughs> wow. It sounds yeah. like it. I love that. So within a few months, I started making money, which was huge for me at this point, because at this point, my husband and I are like in six figures of debt. Like wow. he's, I'm stubborn, not getting a job. He's out driving Uber and like doing whatever he can to like find ways to pay oh. for bills. And we're staying between my mom or finding house sitting jobs. So we have somewhere to live. Like our situation was intense at this point. Wow. Um, yeah. And then I start making a couple hundred dollars in a month and then I made a thousand dollars in a month and then I made $2,000 in a month. And I'm like, what the actual F is happening? And that's so all funny. in 2018. And this I know 2018. Yeah. 2019 was an amazing year. I love talking numbers. So <laughs> like, that's crazy. So in it, like in, um, this is all New Zealand currency. Cause this is like what I was dealing with. And, and like, I've just moved to Canada a few months ago, so I'm switching yeah. everything over to Canadian, but like in New Zealand currencies, just cause it's the numbers I'm most familiar with in 2017 for the whole year, we made like $17,000. Wow. And, um, in 2018, the year that I started my coaching business, um, just for my coaching alone, I made $40,000 or, oh, Shit, I can't remember the numbers exactly now. <laughs> I think around forty thousand dollars, uh, maybe thirty-eight thousand or something. And then what was twenty nineteen? Quarter of a million. I already knew that, but <laughs> <laughs> I know that I wanted you to say that because <clears throat> that's the potential, right? And this is the thing. 2018 was so nuts because what happened is um, I started that and then we started going like, oh my God, this could actually work. And this is the crazy thing. I felt happy. I loved everyone I worked with. I loved everything that I was doing. I was rested. I was working a quarter of the time that I normally used to work. I was having a social life. I was having multiple date nights with my husband a week. Like wow. everything was just amazing. And I was like, this is like insane. And I'm like, how come my life is so much better now? And I'm finally making money. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I get it. You know, I'm yeah, making money because yeah. it, it's funny because even just 2017 to 2018, that was more than double. And that's, yeah. you, you know, 
broke all the rules, did it your way, did what yeah. feels good, no sacrifice, no burnout, like yeah, mm-hmm. following your own intuition, it sounds like. Like that's what I want people to really understand. I mean, yeah. I'm not hearing from you that it was like, oh, and then I discovered this strategy. No. <laughs> no, it isn't at all. Like in fact, I I that was the biggest thing that I learned. So, and this is what I still believe today. The more I unlearned what I thought I needed to do, the more money I made. <laughs> I wrote that so, down. I wrote down that word unlearned because I yeah. loved that earlier and I loved it. And I'm like, that's what it's all about. Like it is. all those beliefs and ways of thinking. Cause you know, and you mentioned earlier, um, one of the beliefs I think of like when you get a job, like, you know, don't lose it kind of thing, like hold on to it. And you mentioned that or one of them like mm-hmm. was from like post-war time. It's like, yeah, they're so outdated. When you yeah. really look at these beliefs, they, ju- they aren't accurate for today's time. And they're definitely, yeah, they're not accurate to the world we live in today because um, it's like, pr- there's so much proof now. Like, it's not like, oh, my uncle, uh, brothers, best friends, blah, 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 once had an idea in it and they made money. It's like, you go online and there's so many people making money. And there's like, so many people making you know, just a little bit of extra. There's so many people making incredible amounts of money that would literally like the type of money I didn't even know was an income, (laughs) you know, like it's like insane that the reach that we have to be able to see what's possible in today's world is just so mind boggling. And I think like another thing is like we, sometimes we like to disconnect ourselves. I think we have a tendency to think, Oh, why am I different from that person? Like, why can they do it? And I can't, you know, like I've even had someone message me that the other day. They're like, Oh, well you could because of this and this. And I'm like, interesting. You have that perspective because one, that's not true. But two, it's like, it's also what we choose to look at. Like sometimes we look around at all the people doing so amazing online and we're like, Oh, they all have something special or I could never do that. But again, we're seeing people in their prime, we're seeing people when they figured it out and are probably still figuring it out. Um, but every single person started at that point of like, I don't know if I'm going to figure it out. I don't know if I have value. I don't know if people are going to laugh at me, but it feels like there's enough opportunity for me to give this a go. You know? Yeah. Well, I never, I would have never thought that you used to be the type of person that like put things off and put your dreams off and your desires off. Um, you know, because even now, like as we're recording this, you're, you're 33 weeks pregnant. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got to see a lot of that. Like we were in the mastermind when you were like yeah. announcing it. Um, and I know like, you know, I had just had my baby already six weeks ago, which is crazy, but, um, you know, I had a very easy pregnancy and it was still like a mind fuck, honestly, yeah. <laughs> like figure out business and that. And it's, it's so for me, it was such a lesson in, you know, how to work and flow in the unknown. Cause it's like, I didn't know that my first trimester was going to be easy. So I made plans as if it was going to be really hard, you know, mm-hmm. but I've seen you, you know, have morning sickness and, you know, have, have a pregnancy like that. And still just, I mean, I just, I'm like in awe of you with that. <laughs> like you just, it, from my perspective showed up, like you were doing your live streams, even when nobody knew you were going through this and oh, yeah. working with your clients and, um, yeah, I just, I never would have guessed that you used to struggle with that. And I think that's just such an example of like, it, it's so easy to look at you going through that, for example, and be like, man, she's just the type of person that just does it and shows up and mm-hmm. figures it out. But it took unlearning and, and reprogramming to become that type of person. And I mean, here you mm-hmm. are. I'm, I'm just, I know of that. I just wanted to say that. Thank you. And I think like, what's so crazy is like, as you say that it's like actually like a really good reflection moment for me, because, um, I like, in a way, always saw myself as someone who would go out and get it. And because even when like, I wasn't really doing that well in business and stuff, like I was still doing things very different from a lot of people. So like my mom, supportive friends, they were always like, wow, Viola, you're just the type of person who goes out and does it. But the thing is, is that the, the mentality and the energy behind it was so different because back then it was like, it was like, I did what I thought I needed to do. Um, but I wouldn't really show up for the true thing that I knew I wanted to do. Right. Like it was like, I would trust if someone told me, Oh, this is the system duplicated. But if my intuition was telling me something, I was like, that's for later. (laughs) That was part of the conditioning that I had from the industry as well. But, um, yeah, it's just like, it's so insane to even (laughs) think about that because isn't it crazy? Like when you're like inspired by your own story, I'm like, damn, I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that. I love that you're having that moment right now. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. I mean, what, what mm-hmm. has it been like from your own perspective? Like I shared my perspective yeah. watching you go through this, but I'm like so interested in the pregnancy stuff. So I really wanted to have a chance to talk yeah. about that. Like, what is it, what's it been like for you? And I know, like, I don't know if you've had this, but I know when I announced that I was pregnant, I had a lot of people reach out. I mean, I hopefully you haven't, cause I think it's crazy, but a lot of people like, Oh my gosh, I would be so scared. Like, I, I don't know when the right time for me to have a family is I want one, but I just don't know how to balance mm. it. Like, I think they were giving me praise, but I, yeah. I noticed a lot of people are, are afraid, but anyway, I, I just love to hear your experience, especially so, for people maybe feeling like that. Well, I had the opposite experience too. Like when I found out I was going to be pregnant, I was like, this is going to be so easy and so awesome. And it's going to be the best pregnancy ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I like was not expecting to get morning sickness at all. I don't know why. It's like, I was just like, oh, that probably won't happen for me. Yeah. And because what I've heard of pregnancy and like, I mean, I like laugh at myself. Like sometimes I do like operate out of ego a little bit. And, you know, like (laughs) for me, it was just like, oh, I'm so healthy. And so I'm so spiritually in in tune. I'll probably have like the most like amazing spiritual healthy pregnancy. (laughs) The universe is like, let's just play a little bit. Here's the worst morning sickness you could ever imagine. And when I say worst morning sickness you could ever imagine, I found out I was, so I got pregnant, um, while so in 2018 midway through 2018 my husband and I decided to sell the remaining belongings we had in New Zealand and travel the world we're traveling the world we're doing our thing then in August 2018 uh, 2019 I get pregnant while we're in Las Vegas um unknowingly obviously and then um Mm -hmm. in um Hawaii like a few weeks later I'm like I think I should take a pregnancy test (laughs) and then yeah, it was positive And we're like, oh, cool. Um, this is awesome. I was like, we're really, really excited. Like we've yeah. been really wanting a family. We'd actually like had a miscarriage the year before. So yeah. we we're really looking forward to it. Part of me was honestly like a little bit emotionally stunted by it. I think anybody who's had a loss and stuff like that before can relate. It's like yeah. hard to feel the same level of excitement. Um, totally. But that. yeah, but it's like, regardless, we had this like internal feeling this time was different. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It's going to be so awesome. Within a week, I was like starting to get sick. And I was like, I must have motion sickness. Like I was like, maybe because Hawaii is so hilly or we're like swimming in the ocean (laughs) heaps. I was like, I have motion sickness. (laughs) Like I kept saying to Nick, it must be motion sickness. And he's like, it could be morning sickness. I was like, nah. (laughs) You were in denial even when you were having it. Oh yeah. And well, until it became undeniable. Anyway, so then like fast forward days, I'm, I'm like starting to throw up everything I eat and I'm like, Hmm, this is interesting. Then a fast forward a few more days later, we're in Honolulu at this point, we were on the big Island originally, and we had so many things planned for Honolulu. And I was, I'm not even exaggerating. Like if anything, I'm under exaggerating, throwing up probably 30 times a day. Like, and waking up all night and throwing up too. (laughs) Wow. And so it was like, I would eat like maybe the equivalent of like one and a half soda crackers a day and be like, just constantly throwing up. Like, I don't know. I like Nick honestly thought I would have to go to the hospital. Um, and I probably should have, but I think part of us was because we're like in America and that whole like healthcare system thing. We're like, "Mm, probably not the best idea. Um, and yeah, I was so incredibly sick. And then we were in Australia after that. And I was still throwing up like severely every single day. I had a record of eating a half avocado in a day in, in Australia. Oh my God. <laughs> I know it was so bad. And so I'd like have little things. Like I started to notice that fruit were like the one thing I could kind of nibble on. Like I'd throw them up, but I could at least nibble on them and hope I digested like half a strawberry maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I would nibble, nibble, nibble like fruit all day. and then. Um, but I was, yeah, so incredibly sick. We got to New Zealand shortly after that and I was, it slowed down, but maybe like this, I, the least I was throwing up a day was like maybe five to six times. My God, I cannot even imagine. (laughs) And that carried on until I was about, uh, 14 weeks pregnant. And then after 14 weeks pregnant, I was still sick one um, once a day, every day. And then the odd day, maybe once or twice a week, I'd be sick multiple times a day. Um, 
and I was nauseous the whole time. (laughs) And just recently, actually, so I'm 33 weeks now, a week ago, I like, it's been a record for me now that I haven't been sick. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, it might be over. (laughs) So, I mean, how have you gotten through that? That's, yeah, that was the whole point. (laughs) That was the whole point of the question. (laughs) Like, it's 32 weeks of being sick. Yeah. How do you get so, through So this is the thing is at the beginning, and for me, transparency is like really big in my audience. Like if I'm sick, I just tell them. If this is going on, I just tell them. Me having, and it wasn't because I like was scared of telling people before the 12 weeks and stuff. We ended up telling people when I was, I think, eight or nine weeks pregnant. But um, it was because we hadn't told any of our family yet and we were going to be visiting them in New Zealand. So we wanted yeah. to tell them in person. So we kind of wanted to keep it under wraps until then. Um, but it was so incredibly hard for me. And the first two months when I got pregnant, I actually had like lower income months and I just come off the back end of my best ever income month. Mm. And that in itself is a mind play, you know, when you have a really good month and then it's less, even if the next month is more than you'd ever made before that, it still feels like sometimes like if you're, it makes I think story. it's a bit of a mind mess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we make stories and then because I had these stories about how I wasn't showing up because I felt so shitty. Like it was hard for me in some ways, but then after about two months, um, and I mean, I was still moving through it. I was still showing up and I I committed to daily Facebook lives and I'm still doing those. Um, but to be honest, the behind the scenes, it was hard for me because I just felt like I couldn't give it give my energy the same way. And I was creating stories that it meant that I wasn't in alignment. And (laughs) this is the craziest thing. Then I suddenly had this realization maybe in like the third month or whatever, that alignment doesn't come from how we feel necessarily, but it comes from how we're choosing to care for ourselves or choosing to show up within how we feel. So an example is if I am feeling sick and I'm choosing to give myself the day to lay in bed and just do what I need to do to nourish myself. I'm actually in alignment with what my soul needs at that moment. So ultimately I'm in alignment, right? Because I really believe we are our business. Like our business is an extension of who we are. So if we're feeling emotional, if we're going through hardship, if we're going through challenge and we have the power to be able to, to do what we need to do for ourselves in a, in a way that's obviously in alignment with our bigger message and our bigger vision and blah, blah, blah. Um, I say blah, 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 but obviously those things are important. Um, yeah. When we can do that and we can lead ourselves in that moment, ultimately we are in alignment, right? So then when I share, I might be sharing just a small snippet. Like sometimes I was literally just like, I'm so sick today. Like sending you love, bye. Sometimes that's all I did on my lives. Um, and sometimes it was just sharing maybe what we did or a travel story because we were still traveling like crazy. That's what like buzzes me out is the sickest part of my pregnancy. We literally traveled the most. We And we like, I calculated it like in the first like 10 weeks or something like that of the pregnancy. We'd gone on like 15 flights, had like coffee or dinner dates with over 70 people. Like... <laughs> It was insane. That's what I also think is so crazy because I know, I mean, I felt like this when I was first, you know, working in my business, but I've also clients who like, they'll go on a, a, their first like dreamy trip, you know, running their business and they come back and they're like, maybe I can't run my business and work. Like that was, how do I, I, I've gotten a lot of questions about that. And I felt like that too, where it's like, can I, what if I want to work when I'm on a trip? What if I don't, can I, it's too much. I don't know. Let alone being sick. Did you have, okay. TMI question. Did you ever throw up on a flight? Yeah. Like I couldn't not (laughs) throw up on flights. I was throwing up like every half hour. Um, Yeah. Worst. You had the worst case of morning sickness I've ever heard of. (laughs) I've had the worst case I've ever heard of. Like like, I know people who had, yeah. Hearing that, I I would rather have like triplets than go through that. So I feel like you are just, you're going to have no problem. (laughs) <laughs> and the, the the funny thing is as well as like I like um uh I also had like extreme acne in my first trimester like it was so intense and I like felt so sick so I could like never even be bothered doing my makeup it was like all the hard symptoms I just got hammered with um wow. but you know what this is what I I've realized in hindsight and as I was going through it I started to realize is that I for me one of the biggest things that 
was holding me back from ultimately having the success that I wanted is control, right? I wanted to control how much money I made by how much I worked, you know, like I wanted it to be that easy, like an in and out equation. And that's why I hustled so much when I first was in business. And then as I started to lean back a little bit and thought, well, what if I follow my intuition more? What if I, you know, use my human design? What if I do these different types of things? I, I slowly started to surrender and work with the universe a little bit more like in the past, I'd say I worked with the universe, but then I still like try to control the outcome. But at this point, I, I was surrendering into that more. And, and so much in my intuition, like when I would, you know, do journaling or whatever, I kept coming back to this space of like, there's even a deeper level of surrender here. Because even though I am trusting the universe, sometimes my trust is conditional. Like what I just shared, like I had my best ever month and then the next month wasn't as good, even though it was still better than any other month I'd had prior. Um, I, you know, it was like, I had like a fear moment, which if I was really in trust that ultimately things were working out, I wouldn't even worry about that. I just know that that it's the ebb and flow of life, right? Yeah. And so there was a much deeper level of surrender available to me. And when I got to the point where physically I did not feel like um, I could show up in the same way anymore, when I like, it was like I was again being stripped of what I'd been leaning on because before I would just get into my body, I would get into my energy I would, because I have a high energy. Like I, I am a relatively healthy person that generally has high energy and I didn't have that anymore, right? Like, and I couldn't rely on how much I showed up or how many lives I did or how great my content was like, because I couldn't channel ideas and I couldn't, like, I was so in the space of like, nothing was working how it normally had that it was an opportunity for me to just trust even further and say that if this is happening for me now and it's happening for me, then how do I want to experience this? And how do I want to move through this? And even though, like I say, I've had this really hard pregnancy, I've honestly loved pregnancy. My husband was like, would you ever want to have more kids after this experience? I'm like, 100%. I don't care if my next pregnancy is the same. Like, I, I just honestly feel so honored and grateful to be allowed this opportunity to go through pregnancy because not everybody does. This is the only time that I know for certain I'll ever be pregnant. You know, like, there's just, I still see my pregnancy in such a positive light. And a big part of that was because I allowed myself not to make it mean so much about, about everything in my life. You know, I just, I thought to myself, I want to enjoy my pregnancy. I want to believe everything's happening for good. How can I just surrender more? This is my circumstance. How do I want to go through it? Oh, you're like, going to make me cry. I love that. <laughs> it's so, I, that's so true, man. Yeah. So beautiful. And I, yeah. what also is beautiful is, is the lesson that you, you got to gain through that, you know? And yeah. I think no matter what anybody is going through, I think something important to point out is there, there is a lesson, if not yeah. many. And, um, something you said earlier about a part of your journey was like, Oh, I could only see that in hindsight, which is, you know, I know mm -hmm. you and I both know, like, that's how it goes. You, you learn those lessons in hindsight after you can look back, you know, not when you're yeah. in it. And I think we're so busy searching for the answer and the lesson when we're in it. And it's like, just flow, just go through it, be willing. Cause you will learn this, like that lesson of control. I know you're going to take with you. And I had some mm -hmm. really powerful lessons in my pregnancy and already in motherhood that I know they're going to serve me like the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm sure if, if, and when you and I have future pregnancies, we'll probably learn new lessons, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I've just learned how valuable those lessons are. So I'm ready for more always. Yeah, exactly. And that's like ultimately part of what kind of kept me sane through it as well as because I have worked on that belief that I do believe life happens for us and it all is happening, you know, for, for a very good reason. Like, it's not even that it's happening for a reason. It's like everything that happens to me is good. I believe like that's a belief I choose to have. So even though that belief was challenged because something I'd lent on so much in my life, which was my physical health, didn't feel like it was there. Um, it was just an opportunity to see myself through new eyes. So even though I didn't get it at the beginning, I was still like, I knew it was ultimately good. And I also ultimately knew I wanted to have a baby. So it was like, you know, it was worth it in that mentality. But then the more that I kind of leaned into that, the more I started to see the lessons emerging and the beauty of that. And it's just so funny because then like, you know, the next few months after those first two initial months, I suddenly started making more, even though I wasn't really even doing any, anything else. Like I wasn't launching more programs. I wasn't like, I didn't even, I think I took like 
all of December and most of January off. <laughs> like wow. I didn't do anything like off in terms of like actively trying to yeah. make money, you know, like I was just doing my thing. And, and that's, I think another point when you said like, can you travel and build your business and do all these different things? It's like uh, a big distinction. And I'll just say like one quick sentence on this, cause this is probably a whole new rabbit hole, but um, it's like, when I started to understand that it's not me and it's my business, it's actually what the, the main standard for my business and my results, my success is the energy that I show up in. It started, I started to see things differently. So it's like me sharing that I went to a spa in Budapest actually can be something that can grow my business and attract clients to me. Um, just as much as me creating a program and launching a program. It's just like, it all makes sense. It's your lifestyle. It's who you are that ultimately sets the standard for your business, I believe. And when I started looking at it that way, then suddenly it was easy to, to work and travel and do the thing because I could still make space to be inspired, to create things. But I could also know that if I wasn't, I was still doing something that would ultimately grow my business. So true. I love that. Mm. And that's kind of like what you were saying too, like leading yourself, share yourself, leading, leading yourself and go live your life and share yourself living your life. And even if it is a self-care day, share that, you know, that's inspiring for people. And that's, that's the kind of life so many people want. And I know that's why um, doing those things can help you make the sales and grow your business too. Yeah, totally. I love it. Well, thank you so much. This is such a good episode. I loved everything we chatted about. I'm so glad I got this chance to hear more about your story. Um, and for everyone listening, that's feeling the same. That's just loving hearing you and learning from you. Where can they go find you and, and learn from you more? Oh, amazing. So the best places to hang out with me, um, are Instagram at Viola hug. And I have a Facebook group called abundant babes, a home for the visionary. Um, they're kind of like my two main hangouts. Um, and I love hearing from people. So if you want to DM me, if you, you know, if you have further questions, if you want to see more about what I do, you can find that there. And then in terms of ways to work with me, violahug.com is usually a pretty good place to start. I offer like one-on-one coaching as well as multiple programs around wealth, business, spirituality, and that type of stuff. And I mean, I have a few more things. I have a podcast and a book and all these wonderful things, but that's probably the main, main things. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And thank you guys for listening. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye guys. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. But before you go, if this helped you find clarity, feel motivated, or learn something new, can you do me a quick favor and go leave a five-star review on this podcast? It would mean the absolute world to me as this podcast is still really new and it would help other badasses just like you find this show. And that is the most amazing thing I could ever ask for. So thank you in advance for leaving that five-star review. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye guys.